of brother and sister Anthony Nutter and their children Emerson and Vivi. This is a miraculous uh, testimony that accompanies this family. And, uh, and, and, I, and I, I mentioned Ohio Youth Camp. This is the family that oversees the Ohio District Youth Camps. And they do an outstanding job. They sacrifice. They labor. They strategize to bring about an outstanding youth camp for the young people of the state of Ohio. Amen. And they've come through two highly successful weeks of youth camp. Uh, but their eyes are still open. Amen. Even though it's a long, long hours into the night and up early in the morning, they're still with us. And so I, I want Brother Nutter to come today. He's going to minister the word of the Lord to us. And God is going to do something mighty in this house. If you believe it, could you just receive him with a praise unto the Lord. God bless you, Brother Nutter. We love and appreciate you. Take your liberty. Bless you. Amen. Why don't we turn that over to the Lord together? Come on, let's really give him some praise in this house. Come on, there's nobody like Jesus. There's nobody like him. Amen. Amen. What a distinct privilege and honor that it is to um, be filling this pulpit again. Uh, it is, if you'd have told me as a 17-year-old boy going to the Indiana campground to hear one of my favorite preachers preach, that was your pastor. If you would have told me that I would be preaching in his pulpit, I'd ask you to pinch me. <laughs> and uh, just, uh, uh, just, to, just imagine for a moment, some of you this will be easier, but imagine that you're a, like a low-level politician and then the president asks you to come speak at the White House. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> uh, his ministry is just, and, I'm, and, I, and I, I'm not saying this lightly, there is no better preacher in this movement than Pastor Joel Worsham. You're blessed. You're blessed. It's just a tremendous honor, Pastor. I remember, I don't even know if you remember it, but you preached a message called The Gift Will Prosper. And you preached the gospel at a youth camp. And uh, that message changed my life. And so I just, I honor you. And uh, I might have preached it a couple times, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so... <laughs> But what a, what a, just, I, I call Pastor Urshan the Prince of Preaching. I don't know if you know that or not, but that's my, that's my nickname for you. And we honor him. Of course, your wonderful bishop, his wife, Brother and Sister Bowler, wonderful people. They've been so kind to me personally over the years. Honor them. He's, he is just a, a gem and a, and a personal friend to my wife and I, and and uh, is always kind to us, and so I'm very thankful for him. And then um, my wife is here, and I brought both of my girls. And so, and uh, so, thank you, baby, for coming. We, she is. I told you last year, people like me a whole lot better when she's around. So maybe. So I'm glad that she's with me. And to two of and I, two of my and my wife's dearest friends. Tyler and Caitlin Kovach, we love them so much. They're so dear to us. 
I love him. Love his burden for this church, his loyalty to this church, and his passion for this church. You, uh, again, I, I don't say this everywhere I go, but you are blessed with the strong and anointed and safe ministry of their, of their ministry, of the Kovach family. And we're honored to have them a part of Ohio Youth. They are so dear to us. We love you all. Even though he's really good at one-liners and he zings me all the time, we're going to let it slide. I don't know how he does it. I mean, literally seconds, and he just zings me. I think I had to kick him out of a meeting last week. I'm not sure, but, but we love him. Genesis 3, verses 1 through 5. It's just so good to see. I see so many familiar faces, and um, it's just so wonderful to see all of my friends here. And, um, and I, I just genuinely love this church, and uh, it's an honor to be back. Genesis 3, verses 1 through 5. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God hath made. And he said, everyone say said, unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent. You can, I know sometimes we can spiritualize things and go, man, I don't know what that was from. But listen, if it's diametrically opposed to the word of God, I can just about guarantee you that it's not the Lord speaking. It's the enemy come to cause confusion. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. I'm going to preach just uh, hopefully for the next few moments on this subject, voices. Voices. Let's lay our Bibles down, our phones down, however we're accessing the Word. And can we just lift our hands right now? And in this prayer of this message called Voices, I wonder if you would ask the Lord to speak to you today. Jesus... We love you. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to be in your presence. I pray that you would anoint me to speak as you would have me to speak. God, fill my words with your words. Let me have your heart. God, let us hear what thus saith the word of the Lord today. God, you have sent me with a burden to preach to these people. And God, I pray under the unction of the Holy Ghost that there would be a move of your spirit today. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him there's three voices. Voices. You may be seated. Eve was dealing with the enticing words of the evil serpent. Serpent, Satan, the deceiver, was cunning and smooth and very powerful in his communication skills. You see, we kind of have this image that has been distorted by culture today that thinks that Satan is this, this two-horned man that walks around with a pitchfork and shows up with nasty teeth and... And we just make him this evil being, which he is. But, but Satan doesn't come to us with just looking like he's going to tear us apart. But he comes to us looking like he's going to make everything easier. He's going to come to us with enticing words that's going to soothe us and lull us, if I could say it that way. It's, he was suave. He was powerful in his communication skills. He was made 
to communicate. He was made to be able to be beautiful in the way that he presented himself. He was soft. He knew exactly the way to approach Eve. He made her feel so special just with all the powerful effect of his voice. He was able to just communicate to her just a conversation. It isn't amazing how just a conversation can change the course of our life. Just just one word, I could say one word, I could say one thing that would damage me, that I would maybe never be allowed to come back again. Just something that is being emoted out of my voice, how powerful that is. And I don't think that the church and in a much larger realm, humanity itself is much different than Eve. You see, we love to hear our own voices. Y'all know anybody that they just get to talking? I had, I had a friend one time that sat down with me. He said, hey, brother, man, let's, let's share some together. And, and we, we, we uh, went on a trip, and nine hours, I heard him talk about himself the entire time. So finally we get in the room. He's like, man, I've been doing a lot of talking. Tell me about what your dream and your vision is. Tell me about, tell me about what you want God to do in your life. And I said, well, you know, I, I really feel called to the ministry. He said, that's awesome, man. You know, I felt called to the ministry at the same age you did. And then he just went on. Because we love to hear our own voices. We love to talk and we love to communicate. And we, especially social media now, has given us a voice. Probably some of us don't need those voices, but some people are given a voice and a platform that would have never had that voice or that platform before. We love listening to voices. A few years ago, someone that someone died in a hotel room by the name of Whitney Houston. And I'm not here, I don't typically make uh, pop culture references in my message. But the commentary after her death was very interesting to me. And I'm not here to judge on her, the content of her music or anything like that. I'm not here to do that. But what I am interested in and what I was interested in is people would say things like her voice would transcend generations. And it was powerful and strong and smooth and special. <laughs> I... I, I do not care to, or I'm not afraid to admit, I've probably cried to a Whitney Houston once in my life. Those breakups as teenagers, she just... Y'all laugh because you've done it too. Don't pretend. Don't pretend. Let's be honest here for a minute. I hope this isn't on the internet. I thought one commentary on Whitney's voice, though, was very interesting. It was... The one idiom that I found most intriguing and most frequent was this. They would say that Whitney had the voice of an angel. I, had some, I saw another commentary that said that she had pipes like no one else. Someone said it this way. It was the purest tone with the richest texture, the amount of control and precision and range in her voice. Watch. was something that only God could breathe into her. And something triggered in my spirit when I read that. Again, I'm not here to judge her in any way or 
judge her life in any way. But something triggered in me when I heard that, that that was, that that was somehow validation because of the strength of her voice, that that was somehow a, a, a validation for who she was. Or, but it hit, it hit me that Ezekiel, speaking of the devil of the fallen angel, referencing the tragedy in the garden that we referenced a few moments ago in Ezekiel 28 and 13, it says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God, and in thy pipes was created in thee the day that thou was created. You hear me as I get sorted into this message for a few moments, that the devil had the voice of an angel. He spoke with power and beauty and perfection. Everything about him was beautiful, something that only God could breathe into him. Sure, it was beautiful, and sure, it was amazing, and sure, it was smooth and relaxing and set everyone at ease, but inside of him was the very nexus of all that is evil in the world. That's why Satan uses music so often. He'll put a nice beat behind it and we'll bob our head and move our head to it. But inside of the lyrics that we all of a sudden start to memorize without even realizing it, it's filth and it'll things that'll destroy our world. I'll just take a minute here to talk about it if it's all right. I know it's not super popular to preach about things like this in 2019, but you got to be careful what you put in your ears. You got to be careful what you put in your Spotify playlist because it might have a good beat, but just it doesn't mean it's from God. If you think the devil isn't trying to get your attention, you're missing it. Here's the first voice that I want to talk to you about for a few moments. We're going to deal with outside voices. Outside voices. Now this isn't my daughter's outside voice, but this is people outside of us. I want you to hear me. It doesn't matter how beautiful it is. And it doesn't matter how awesome it sounds. And it doesn't matter the background of the education of the person that's conveying it. You will deal with outside voices in our lives. And young people, I'm, I'm really preaching to you today. I'm here really with the mandate from the Lord to preach to the young people of this church. And I hope the elder generation will come along with us for a few moments. But we must be aware of who and what is influencing our lives. And you hear me, just because there's some good in there doesn't mean it's from God. I'm not talking about specifically about music right now or the laundry lists of sin, but what I am here to tell you is 1 John 4 and 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are gone out into the world. The enemy is trying and disguising himself as an angel of light. Godly must young people. Godly Christians must have enough spiritual discernment to know what is sent from Him and what is sent from them. I go and find myself when I think of this kind of principle in Acts 16. And uh, we find that in Acts 16 and 16 it says, And we came to pass. When we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by Zeus, saying, The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show us the way of salvation. You see, you got to understand the spirit, or what she said was correct. But the spirit in which she said it was evil. Because she knew that if she could bring validation somehow to these men, that she could get the glory for what they were about to perform. She knew that if she would validate them, that somehow she could get the credit for it. 
And she did this many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said, not to the lady, but to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out that same hour. You see, you got to understand, they might be coming into your world telling you things are good. They might be saying, hey, pastor was good, pastor's a nice guy, but. But we've got to be careful just because they say some good things, just because there's some principles in some books that are some good things doesn't mean that we've got to accept it as a whole 100% truth. I know that teacher is educated, but if they tell you that the world wasn't made by God, that's diametrically against Scripture. I know this is basic preaching for a few moments this morning, but I'm wanting to deal with us a little bit in this room right now. We've got to be careful who and what we allow to influence us. There's one thing that we must know and be very concerned to protect. I remember when we were in Zanesville and we started to do an outreach to our entire community. We sent a a, a mailer to everybody in our entire city. And uh, we sent it out. This is a community Easter celebration. We weren't able to fit people in our Easter service, so we had to rent out the big facility. And we'd have about a 1,000 people show up on Easter Sunday morning. And, man, it was powerful, and things were going great. But all of a sudden, a man that lived in that city that had a national uh, syndicated radio show took a week and attacked the apostolic truth. Took a week on his program and attacked my pastor personally. Said that he was a wolf in sheep's clothing and that we were leading a cult and went down through the line. And then all of a sudden, the Lord started to deal with that man. And, and, and pastor called him and said, hey, we've got, we've got some issues here. But he would go down the list and he would go down the line. You hear me? And I hope you hear me well. I, we've lost a generation, I think, sometimes and just enjoying a good experience. And we've lost some folks just because they come to church and feel a great move but we've got to be in the word. This apostolic truth is the most precious thing that we can hold on to. There's nothing like truth. And if somebody comes, I don't care if they're a national radio show syndicated host. I believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe Deuteronomy 6 and 4, hear Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I believe Isaiah 9 and 6, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Corn in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I'm so thankful I know who Jesus is. I'm so thankful I know who He is. Come on, for in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I'm so thankful that I don't have to worry about a textbook telling me what to do, but it's been revealed to me in my, in my spirit. I'm so thankful that I know who Jesus is. Jesus answered, John 3 and 5. Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I'm so thankful that I know that baptism is not only an outward sign of an inward experience. It's not just going public with my faith, but it is an essential part of the salvation that God has destined for us. I'm so thankful that I don't have to worry if I'm saved by just praying a prayer and hoping that it took. But I'm so thankful that when I was filled with the gift of the Spirit, I spoke in another tongue as the Spirit gave the utterance because there's nothing like this truth. 
Come on, clap your hands and love the Lord if you believe that. Sure, Whitney had the voice of an angel, but Lucifer did too. Paul, when writing to the Galatian church, didn't care too much about having the voice of an angel. Galatians 1 and 8, though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you that we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. And I know I have tried my very best over the last few years to eliminate this subject. I don't care. Because we do care. But it does not matter what your family says. It doesn't matter what your friend says. It doesn't even matter what your own conscience or what your own flesh tries to feed you. The word of God is true. There is no your truth or her truth or his truth. But the word of God is truth. And it's forever settled in heaven. We need the word. We've got to shut out the society's influence and connect to the voice of the Lord. That's the next voice I want to focus on for a few moments. Y'all still with me? We've got to be sensitive enough, sensitive enough that His voice becomes the focus of our lives. God's voice is the most powerful thing on earth. Andrew Murray, early early 20th century theologian and preacher says prayer is not monologue but dialogue God's voice in response to mine is the most important part Galatians or Revelation 3 and 20 says behold I stand at the door and knock and if any man and open the door I will come unto him and I'll sup with him and he with me hearing the voice of the one that created us I've come to preach to some folks in this room that praying here is important and praying here is powerful. But the prayers that you pray at home, the prayers that you live at home, the, to- the lifestyle that you live at home is just as important as what happens here. Young people, what you did at camp is awesome. But let me tell you what's more admirable. When you walk into your school and you start a P7 Bible club. When you walk into your school and you maintain your standards of modesty and speaking. And you don't cuss like everybody else. And you don't act like everybody else. I think it's powerful when what happens at camp. But the most powerful thing that you can do is embrace God's voice every day of your life. When you're walking with Him. When you're talking with Him. Come on, I appreciate having moves of God. But I wish we'd have a little more walk with God. I appreciate having good services, but I'd like to see a little more Bible studies on Monday afternoon. Come on, that's where the... Because when you walk with Him, that's when He can speak. I'm going through this, I'm going through that. I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with that. I might talk about my baby girl here in a little bit, but when we went through that trial, all of a sudden, we had a, little, we had a baby born at 23 weeks. She was about a one pound... And seven ounces when she was born. She was extremely small, 11 inches. She's with me today. And they... Amen. All of a sudden, though, when I started going through that stuff, Pastor, 
All this stuff that I preached as a young man that I thought I knew, everything that I thought that I had together, and I just, I did all the stuff that I knew that I should be saying, and I preached these messages, but then I started thinking about scriptures like, it's a peace that passeth all understanding. And the Lord started dealing with me about things, and I started seeing things, and scripture says that He is near unto them that are a broken heart and a contrite spirit. I've never felt the Lord the way I felt and that when my baby girl was in the hospital for seven months. You want to know why? Because He's near to them, and all of a sudden I started experiencing the nearness of the Lord. I've come to preach to somebody and I, this, is, this is a little bit beyond my notes but I'm going to preach it the way I feel it right now. Some of you are despising the trial that you're going through and some of you are despising the things that you're going through but if you'll hear me, God will use that trial so that he can speak to you more than he ever has. He's going to push you to a place that you've never I always told I always told myself there's two things I'd never be, and that was an evangelist and a church planner. Look what I'm doing. Because it was what I wanted. I don't want to go in the evangelistic field and worry about my next, where my next paycheck's going to come from. Can I be real with you? I got two babies. I, I don't know if I can plant a church. That, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of risk. But all of a sudden, it just took me seven months. It just took us seven months of just needing and relying on the Lord. And if you'll learn not to despise what you're going through, but if you'll learn that that's the very thing that'll push you closer to God's voice, and the reason why there's going to be a church planted in Pickerington, the reason why I'm standing here today preaching to you, it's because of God's voice but it was because of the trial come on it's a peace that passes all understanding because if peace passes understanding that means that that peace is beyond that peace is beyond understanding. You see, peace begins where understanding ends. And you tried to make sense of the things you're going through. And you tried to make sense of everything that you're going through. But if you'll just allow a little bit of that trial to shape you, if you'll stop despising God with what you're dealing with, and if you'll learn to embrace it, God will speak to you things that you've never imagined. God will do things in your world that you could never imagine. Those things that the devil sends for evil, God uses to shape us. He uses to speak to us. He uses so that we can be closer to Him. He's near unto them that are a broken heart. I never, can I just tell you, I'm not, forgive my personal reference, but I'm just trying to tell you what I feel in my spirit right now. I've never felt the Lord as close as I did when I was sitting by that incubator watching my little girl code. Because when Jesus speaks to you, when you're truly desperate for Him, that's when you're the most pliable. That's when He can develop you. That's when He can mold you. And I wish that I could tell you the difference, even just in my own thinking over the last year and a half of my little girl's life. I don't even sometimes recognize who I used to be. Not because I was a sinner or some bad person, no. But because God used that thing that the devil tried to get us down and the devil tried to make us quit. But He used it to shape us. He used it to speak to us. Saul, known as a persecutor of the church. He attacked them. was evil toward them. But in Acts 9 and 6, 
or 9 and 3 through 6, it says, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. Let me hear, I want you to hear me. God will always speak to you when you're on a journey. God will speak to you when you go on that journey. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there signed round about him a light from heaven, and he, and, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, watch, what wilt thou have me to do? See, the problem is, in today's culture, when the Lord speaks to people, we look at them and say, Lord, what will you do for me? Lord, can you, can you put money in my bank account? Oh, Lord, Lord, you got to put my family back. you got to do this, you got to do that. But real, the true response is, is Lord, you've called me. What do you need from me? Let me ask young people. Let me ask adult parent. How are you responding to the voice of God in your life? Are you running from the purpose that God created you? Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. The Lord has spoken to people in this room to push away some things, to go on an extended fast, and you've been kind of pushing that away, thinking, I, I just need to wait a little bit, or I, I don't quite know who that is. You hear this preacher in this room right now. You do what God has called you to do, and he'll take you on a journey to places you could never imagine. You see, Saul's name was changed. God speaks to you. Are you willing to allow God to change who you are? When God speaks to you, are you willing to allow Him to change your identity? Adam and Eve knew that they had done wrong. Genesis 3 and 8 said, And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves. In the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees. Yeah, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking. The voice that was walking with them. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And I know we preach a lot of negative connotation around Adam and Eve. But one thing that I do respect about him is that there was a sense of conviction about the mistakes that he had made. In a world that preaches your truth and there is no wrong and there is no evil, there is nothing, you just you can decide this and you can decide that. One of the greatest things that the enemy has taken from this culture and from today's society is the gift of repentance. When you truly have a sense of sorrow for your, the things that you've done. Not to convict you, not to, not to sentence you, but to push you closer to him. Because his voice is the most important voice. His voice is the most important voice that I'm going to talk about today. Why God's voice? I'll tell you why. 
Because if you hear God's voice and obey Him, you can channel the power of the Almighty Creator. Genesis 1 and 3 says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Genesis 1 and 9 says, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together under one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Go read a bunch of Genesis moments. For God said, And this happened. So tell me why God can't speak in this room right now and tell you that something's going to happen. I've come to preach to somebody in this room today. You've been struggling. You've been fighting. But this preacher from Zanesville, Ohio has come to tell you that there's a destiny on your life. That there's a hope on your world. That there's a peace that passes all understanding. And he can speak. God can create in you dreams that are bigger than anything that you've ever imagined. All he's waiting on is for you, for him to speak it to you and for you to speak it out of you. Come on, your dream of going to the mission field is not impossible. If you'll just use your voice, if you'll just speak it a little bit. If That's why God uses the tongue to fill us with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Because scripture says the tongue no man can tame. See, I can look at you, and like I said, I can look at you and say something, and it'll affect us. It'll, it'll impact us. Have you ever said something stupid and thought? Anybody ever, you young people ever called the person that you like by the person's name that you used to date? Because we can't even control our tongue sometimes. That's why when they were all filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2, God said, I'm going to use the very thing that they can't even control. And when I fill them with the gift of the Spirit, they're not going to have to wonder if it took, but it's going to be an outward sign that an inward thing is happening. That's why God uses the tongue to fill us with the Holy Ghost. And if you're here today and you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, don't believe the Hollywood lie that says that it's crazy or weird and don't believe the denominational lines that say that all this stuff is just hocus pocus and it was just meant for the book of Acts but this promise is unto you and unto your children and all that are afar off the Holy Ghost is for you today if you've never received the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues I've come to tell you the Holy Ghost is for you that's why he uses our that tongue's an unruly evil it's a deadly poison I've had things said to me that I still had to fight through. I still had to deal with it. Framed the way that I lived my life. But when God speaks to you and God speaks through you, all of a sudden it starts to frame the way you think and it starts to frame the way you process things and all of a sudden you start to understand things that you didn't understand before. Come on, I've come to preach to somebody today. There's nothing like the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like that voice that comes out of you, that language that you've never understood. There's nothing like the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you believe that, clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. My wife may have stepped out. I may. My little girl comes back in. I'll bring her in here in a moment. So what about, we talked about outside voices. We've talked about God's voice, which is the most important voice that we're going to talk about today and when it comes to our lives. But there is the last voice that I want to talk through just 
for a few moments. And I'm hastening to a close. What happens though when our voice and God's voice mix? Because it is impossible for those two voices to mix without miracles taking place. Because when we come into alignment with God, when we come into alignment with His Word, and when we come into alignment in submission with His ordained plan for our lives, when we come into alignment with Him, that is a masterful mix of power. Pastor, I was kind of feeling this message, and I felt it for the last few days. Then all of a sudden you got up and you started talking about victory in this room. And I want you to know that I didn't pick this message after he said it. But I'm going to preach about victory for the next few moments if that's okay. Because I'm telling you, before you walk out of those doors tonight, or before you walk in these doors and come back out of them, there's victory in this house today. Because there's about to be an alignment that happens. The Lord is speaking, and if you'll speak it, I promise you today, before you walk out of this room, you can leave here without cancer. You can leave here without diabetes. You've come too late to tell me God doesn't heal. You've come too late to tell me God can't do a work. I've come... Come on, I was just in a service a couple years ago that a man came in with a collapsed lung. Before he left that room, he was running laps in that building. You've come too late to tell me God isn't real. You've come too... You've come too late to tell me that God's miracles are not in alignment with his word. Children of Israel hanging outside Jericho, keeping their mouths shut for seven days as they walked around the walls of that city. It's a miracle in itself. Church people not talking. I know we've heard it, but you're telling me I've got to stay quiet? You're telling me that I've just got to walk a little bit? I know I'm preaching about the voices, but I think we ought to just learn how to get a little bit of a walk too. Because the walk is what releases the voice. I'm telling somebody, in, I'm telling some folks in this room, the sweet people in this church, that there is a voice that God wants to give you. But if you'll learn how to walk, walls will fall. If you'll learn how to just take some patience, nothing may be happening, nothing may be going on, but there'll be walls that'll fall. Joshua 6 and 20 says that the people shouted when the police blew the trumpets. And it came to pass that when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout, the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city and every man street before him and they took the city. I hope I'm preaching to a church that can believe what I'm about to tell you. That there is victory in your voice. And if you'll learn to shout like you've never shouted before, you're about to take the city. There's a city that's sitting before you. There's a Montgomery area that's sitting before you that's just continuing to wait. Because there's victory in your voice. I know that you might not have a bunch of things. I know you might not have a bunch of money in the bank. But I've come to preach to somebody. As long as you've got the voice. As long as you've got your voice. You've got the victory. (laughs) 
Some of you young people, you went home and your parents have alcohol in the fridge and you don't quite know and you don't get to experience camp. You don't know what it's like to enjoy a godly home. But you hear this preacher, if you'll just lock yourself in that room and you'll start to learn to pray, there's about to be victory in your voice. I believe your family can be saved. I believe God can do... Because there's victory in your voice. Now we go to Jericho again. Another time in another setting. And they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people. Blind Bartimaeus. The son of Timaeus sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out. And say... Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Hey, hey, listen. I, I know, but you, you need to, this is church. You understand where you're at? This is Jesus we're talking about. You can't just shout. You can't just, just, just think that you can just get his attention however you want. You just See, the thing is, is that Bartimaeus was more desperate than the church people. Bartimaeus wasn't worried about what somebody else was thinking about him. The only thing that he cared about is the miracle workers in town. And i got to get my miracle. And I'm not worried about what somebody else tells me. I've got a voice and I'm going to use it. And I wish I had some people in this room that you'd stand just for a few moments and you'd use your voice. Devil, I've got a voice. And I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to use it. Jesus. Come on, that's it. Come on, let that come out of you right now. Come on, I appreciate the hand claps, but I think there ought to be a voice that's getting lifted in this room right now. That's it. There it is. There it is. Bring it to me, baby. I know this church has prayed for this little girl. Would you believe that I've had people tell me that I shouldn't talk about my little girl? I've got a voice, and I'm not afraid to use it. Well, you shouldn't tell stories about your little girl. You, 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 you're exploiting her. You hear this preacher. I'm going to give God praise every single day for this little life. And if you've got a problem with it, take everything that i got. But I'm still going to keep my voice. I just want to give God some praise because the last time I was here, she was on oxygen. We could barely get her out of the house. The doctor tried to, when she was born, the doctor tried to convince us for 20 minutes that this little girl would be a vegetable, that she would have brain bleeds, that she would be blind, that she wouldn't be able to communicate, that she wouldn't be able to breathe, that she wouldn't be able to talk, that she wouldn't be able to walk. Can I tell you that everything that the doctor has said never came to pass because we had a voice and that voice said that her name means life. And when... Devil, you can tell me what you think's gonna happen, but I've got a word. I've heard the voice. I've heard the voice. I've heard the voice. (laughs) 
Every lie that the enemy tried to tell me. Every time she coded, five times in the hospital she coded, and we almost lost her life. They had to bag her five times. Every time that those doctors would tell me, now you need to understand, she's the, we're, I'm talking about two and three months in, you need to understand she's not out of the woods yet, she's not able to breathe on her own. At one point she was two months old and she was completely kept alive by the oxygen. And they would say, listen, now, now at some point, if, if you feel like this is going to be a little bit hard, we can just, because there's no value in life. But I've come a year later to Tree of Life to tell you, if you'll just listen to the voice, miracles can happen. So you can tell me to stay silent, but I'm just going to tell you that my God is good. And a year later, I'm still going to give God praise. You can judge me all you want, but I've got a miracle. You got to excuse me for a few moments because I was desperate because I watched my little baby girl fight for every breath that she had. And if you'll get a little desperate this morning, if you'll get a little hungry this morning, you watch what God will do in your life. Come on, lift your hands in this room right now. I'm telling you, there is miracles in this room. There's healing in this room today. If you're here today and you need a miracle, you need God to touch your world. I was, I'm telling you, I've seen cancer healed. I, I come against the spirit of atheism and the spirit of today's typical culture that says, well, well, God isn't real. You've come too late to tell me God isn't real. I've seen too many things happen for you to convince me that he's not real. You can argue the Bible all you want. You can go ahead, but you cannot argue the experience of that little girl. Because when Jesus speaks, the creative power can happen. And I just feel the creative power of the Holy Ghost in this room right now. And when you thought there was no way out, when you thought there was no way, can I tell you, it's just like one of those books that you read, one of those mysteries that you read, and then all of a sudden, just on the last page, just on the last moment, the story shifts, and then now all of a sudden the answer comes. Can I tell you, you're on the last chapter of your mystery, and the story's about to shift, and the miracle is here. If you're here today and you need to receive the Holy Ghost, if you're here today and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, there is no miracle like receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. There is no experience like being baptized in the precious name of Jesus. Because when Jesus steps on the scene, now listen, he's a gentleman. I stand at the door and knock, but he's not going to open it. It's going to be your responsibility in the next few moments. And when you walk down this door, or walk down this hall, this, these aisles, I just believe that there's, I just, man, I'm trying not to get super out there, but I just see doors at the end of these aisles right here. And when you step through those doors, the Lord is about to speak things into your world that you could never imagine. The Lord is about to do a work in your life that you could never imagine. I wish somebody would give God praise for that. There's victory 
in your voice. I'm going to try that again. Because there's victory in your voice. You ought to stay quiet. Don't you know that you're in church right now? Don't you know the neighbor will judge you right now? No, there's victory in my voice. Don't you know that you ought to have a good decorum at a church service? No, there's victory in my voice. There's victory, and I'm not stopping until I get it. Come on, every hand lifted in this room right now. Go ahead and let that voice speak right now. Come on, there it is. There it is. The Holy Ghost is flowing in this room right now. Come on, if you need a miracle, if you need healing, this altar's open. Why don't you get a little bit desperate? Oh, well, my neighbor isn't coming. I hope you come anyway. Oh, I'm worried about what somebody will think about me. The door is open. The door is open. The miracle is here. The miracle is here. The door is open. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. This altar is open right now. Would you please come? I'm telling you, the Lord is about to do some creative works in this house. That's it. That's it. That's it. Come on, there's some voices that are trying to speak. Come on, let's push out the world and accept the voice. on every time the enemy tried to silence Bartimaeus he just got a little bit louder I wonder young people if you'd use your voice right now I wonder sweet guests would you just use your voice right now come on they're still coming they're still coming would you please come and find a place to pray come on there it is there it is that's it use your voice use your voice He's here. He's here. He's speaking. Come on, you sweet folks in the in the in the seats. Would you please lift your hands right now? I'm 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 begging you. Would you let the Lord touch you right now? Would you push past the what's happening after this? Would you please? <laughs> Come on, he's speaking. Use your voice. There's victory in your voice. Yes, 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 yes. There's victory. There's victory. Yes, yes, yes! Come on, these altars are still open. If you'd like to come, you're welcome to come. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it! Yes! There's victory!
That's it. Would you find somebody and pray with them? Would you put your arm around somebody and pray with them right now? Yes, 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 yes! 